everybody, this is Danny, and you're listening to the Imagine Me podcast, the podcast that helps you show up as your best self. And I am here with my co-host once again, Mr. Don Finklia Jr. Hello, everyone. Gotta love a good round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are discussing self-fulfilling prophecies. Mm. Doesn't that sound ominous? Like yeah, yeah, it does actually. <laughs> <laughs> so a self-fulfilling prophecy is a term used to describe a prediction by someone else that causes your behavior to change based on that prediction, confirming said prediction. Wow. Okay. Wow. There, there are times where there are self-imposed, mm-hmm. self-fulfilling prophecies, but the one that people talk about most uh, is the other imposed self-fulfilling prophecy. Okay. So let's just get the self-imposed one out of the way um, because I think uh, the other imposed uh, is just it encompasses so much. So we'll get the small one out of the way. So the first type is self-imposed, which are your own expectations that influence your actions. Hmm. So a good example is if I have had done a public speaking event mm-hmm. and it went horribly wrong, I stumbled over every word, I had a panic attack and maybe started bawling. Let's say worst case scenario, <laughs> bawling in front of the entire crowd. <laughs> I approach every speaking engagement after that with that mindset and it goes wrong. Horribly wrong. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So you approach it with the energy of fear. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Has something like that oh, happened God. to you before? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. I used to have... Okay, let's let's approach the elephant in the wor- in the room because the first three episodes I kept talking about all this acting stuff. Mm-hmm. I am an actor, everyone. I am a union SAG AFTRA ex Screen Actors Guild actor. So there you go. That's super fancy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when I was younger, I was at a school where we did like speech meets, mm-hmm. and I didn't know this before we started doing speech meets. I was excited about doing like a speech and I can't remember which poem I chose, but the first poem I chose and I got in front of people to say it, I realized I'm terrified of speaking in front of people. (laughs) I didn't know this before I got up there. And I mean terrified to the point where I would start crying and I could not get a word out. Um, So... You know, coming from a Christian background, everybody was very supportive and, you know, they tried to push me to to do it and said, you know, I could overcome it. I did not overcome it. That's all right, baby. Keep going. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so so we go to the speech meet and everybody's like, you can do this, Donald. You can do this. I don't go by Donald, by the way. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and I get there. Same thing. Everybody's, you know, waiting for me to speak. And it just my voice is cracking and I couldn't even probably couldn't get through the first word and I just started. What were you thinking about the second time? Probably that I couldn't do it because the first time mm-hmm. I couldn't do it, you know? So I had psyched myself out mentally every time after that. So we'll come back to that story later oh, because boy. somehow <laughs> you've managed to create a career yeah. 
of speaking in front of people, not just speaking in front, like, but things that you've done yeah. have been pushed out to the masses. So we have to, like, we'll, yeah. we'll circle back. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. <laughs> now, the big one, which is the one that most people um, hear about, is the other imposed uh, prophecy. And this is others' expectations that influence behavior. And so basically, um, a person can tell you, you know, this is going to happen or because you are this, this is likely to happen. Mm. So good examples of that are like girls are bad at math and science. I grew up hearing that as a kid. I know now things are changing and they're they're bringing out like women in STEM careers. Right. But when I was growing up, back when they still had home ec and future homemakers of America, it was kind of a thing where girls were just bad at math and science. And so mm-hmm. a lot of us just didn't try right? because it was just like, what's the point? Like, and it was based on this archaic way of thinking that women belong in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we just like, we ha- we did not have the capacity to grasp numbers. Um, and I don't think I got really good at math or until I really cared about math and science until mm. sixth grade. And I had a female math teacher, first one I ever had. Uh. And she sat me down and she was like, girls are good at math and you're going to be good at math. And ever since then, I've I've loved math. Wow. I don't like geography. I mean, geometry. I yeah. hate geometry. Yeah. But like, I'm good at like algebra and all that other stuff. But, yeah, you're, yeah, you're not good at geography either. No, I'm not good at geography either. You're right. <laughs> Let you're me right. tell y'all, people with following maps. Oh my goodness, <laughs> she's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to tell people I can get lost in a paper bag. Like, trust me. <laughs> Being in buildings, I'm like, where's the exit sign? Asking people, they're like, you just went this way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah. Don't ask me for directions. Um, In high school, I started to like science. That kind of was a a concentration because I went to a a high school that offered college classes. Mm -hmm. And so my concentration just became science. And I took extra math and science classes, if you can believe that, Mm -hmm. instead of taking electives. And Jada loves STEM. Yeah. Yeah. Jada, our our 11-year-old is, yeah, yeah, a little rocket scientist in the making. Yeah. Um, she loves math. She loves science. She loves astronomy. All things that I was told girls aren't supposed to like. Right. Um, another common thing, um, and there was actually a really good study on this, self-fulfilling prophecies for black students. Mm. When they found that when there were teachers who weren't black, who taught in black schools, they did not have high expectations of those students. Yeah. Therefore, they did not excel academically. Right. Um, because that was not an expectation. And then there was another study where, um, and this one was planned out, where they brought a group of black students into a room and they told them, hey, um, we're going to give you this spelling test. Black students struggle with this type of test. Wow. And they said that. They said that to them. Wow. And the control group, which was another set of black students where they never said that to them, Mm -hmm. their scores were higher than the students who took the exact same test that were told black students are not good at taking this test. That is amazing. That's a good example. Yeah, y'all, like we talked about, uh, it was either last episode or episode before that, like the power of your words, Mm -hmm. especially with children. 
Um, all y'all parents out there, like, watch what you say. Watch what you're saying around your kids, even when you're doing your own self-talk. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know? um, <clears throat> it's very important to always uplift your children. Always. Yeah. Um, and even with yourself, like you mm-hmm. said, like sometimes we can catch ourselves and be like, oh, man, I'm not going to be able to do this or I'm having a bad week. And, you know, mm-hmm. your child hears that. You know, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm going to have a bad day at school. Well, with that attitude, yeah, you will. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and I remember having that conversation with our youngest a few weeks ago um, because she 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 said something along those lines. And I said, well, if you go into it with that attitude, then you're probably going to have a bad week. Yeah. But if you go into it saying, hey, this is going to be an amazing week. And, you know, no matter what happens, I'm going to stay positive about it and I'm going to keep going. Today's a new day. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you'll have a good week. And guess what? She had a good week. Yep. So. Yeah, it's easy to point out everything that's going wrong. Right. Especially when you're already in a bad mood and you miss the things that go right. Because right. you're already in the frame yeah. of mind. Because you're looking for the bad yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <So>. exactly. <laughs> yep. That happened to me one time. Remember when I told you to drop my coffee outside of Dunkin' Donuts? Yeah. And I told I re- myself, like, oh, this is going to be the crappiest day. I remember. You was called that me. Not, yeah, yeah. It was that not the crappiest day ever. <laughs> and I said it out loud. I spoke it out there and crap, that was the crap. And I'm at day. the point where I just don't say anything with you. I just listen. <laughs> I just let you just vent and I listen. I'm past telling you, okay, well, if you think about it this way, nope. She knows what I'm going to say. So. <laughs> On top of that, even when parents are saying things that they think are positive or mm-hmm. like family, period, that they mm-hmm. think are positive, they could be causing undue, undue stress. On their kids. Okay. So um, I'll use me, for example, again. Um, I, when I was in elementary school, I would bring home good grades. Mm-hmm. So my family started calling me a genius. Like, oh, oh yeah. you're so smart. You're going to make straight A's. You're, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that expectation to fulfill that. Right. Became my focus while I was in school. And it was like heart-wrenching if I got something that wasn't an A or I. It's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. It is. It is. Or even being, you know, like, you know, a first-generational college student and Mm. your family's like, oh, you're going to make it. You know, you're going to... Those are all great things. Yeah. But the pressure that families put on like first generational college students Mm -hmm. or even just a a family member that's kind of broken from um let's say like some generational stuff right um and they've made their own way um placing all that burden that's a heavy thing to bear it is it really is wow and i think a lot of times parents don't realize when Uh, they're doing that yeah you know yeah when you speak things like oh you're gonna be this you're gonna be that Instead of saying, what do you want to be? Right. And it's coming from a place of, you know, I'm proud of you and I I want the best for you. Exactly. Um, But, you know, it can have a negative effect, like you said. Yeah. I mean, Maya is an amazing artist. Yeah. And I think we knew that from the jump. And so I was really careful with not like pushing. Artists in the sense that she is a creative. Yes. Like 
anything like and this is not not just drawing yeah like she's 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 physically inclined musically yep. inclined mm-hmm. she can create characters she every aspect of art she's a creative yeah i knew at a very young age that she was not going to have a regular nine to five and right. she was probably going to have a creative type of job right um and so i was very careful with my words when she was coming up and yeah. not enforcing uh, like typical doctor, lawyer. Right. Well, we never did that with any of them. Yeah, no. But like with her specifically, yeah. I always like I kind of was very careful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that she didn't get into that. Oh, I must yeah. do a regular job. Right. Right. I think we both learned from what we came from mm-hmm. um, to positive, re- positively reinforce, but also don't put anything on them. Yeah. No. You know, um, just mm-hmm. encourage them in whatever path they're on. Yeah, you know, parents, I get it. You know, like we we want our kids to have better, to do better. Yeah. And I think a lot of times our dreams for them mm-hmm. can interfere in them becoming individuals. Yeah, 100%. 100%. The funny thing about that is it's funny. I have, I have no time to have dreams for my kids. I'm still working on mine. <laughs> <laughs> I just want them to be happy and successful in whatever they A hundred percent. Honestly. Yeah. And whatever that is, yeah. we will do our best to help them get there. And that's yeah. really our job, you know. I was told multiple times, you'd be a great teacher. You'd be a great yeah. teacher. So guess what my first major in college was? Education. Education. I remember. And yeah, I realized. You were so frustrated with that. Yes. I realized, like, first of all, you all, I don't have patience. I didn't have patience to get through the yeah. the elementary math for right. students. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And I was like, why do I have to explain this? It just is what it is. And that's what, that's the moment that I realized I did not have patience to be teaching people's children. Yeah. Y'all welcome. Y'all, Y'all welcome. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so you're probably wondering, is there a way to not fall into this trap of a... Um, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, oh, you know what? Let me backtrack. Another thing. Us again. Oh. Or even just black and brown people, right. period. Um, self-fulfilling prophecies are also fueled by stereotypes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you say, um, you know, like... I think we were talking about this last night, like the kids who grew up in the hood, like mm-hmm. me, you know, like and saying those kids aren't going to do anything. Right. Um, they're bound to be gang members. Right. Uh, you know, they're they're bound to like you don't trust them. They're going to steal from you. Yeah. They kill their own people. Yeah. And but there there's this. So that's not they're hearing that both inside the environment. Yep. And outside of it. Yep. Um, they're hearing that on TV. Yeah, you and know. that's where the confirmation, like on a larger scale, comes from. Right, right. So it's it's tough to make it out of those environments. It is when okay. someone's telling you like what you are, and you're not you're not meant to. Yeah, you know. Even when you're not that, like when you break from that and you get out of the hood, mm-hmm. there is still this negative thing about you. Mm, yeah. Like I've noticed, you know, there are some settings where. Um, I used to be ashamed to be like, yeah, I'm from Southeast DC because mm-hmm. I didn't want people to know that I was from like one of the poorest neighborhoods in DC Yeah, because I automatically knew that they would assume um, I'd be ratchet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd probably be late. My quality of work would be sucky or 
um, somehow I got there by being black as the token. Right. Um, so I, I kept that inside. But now I tell everybody because I'm proud of where I came from. Yeah. And I think it's important for when you come out of these humble beginnings, like mm -hmm. uh, where people say that those people aren't going to be anything and you turn out to be something. It's important to push that forward. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, look. <clears throat> This happened. And I know a lot of other people who made it out of the hood and they're doing just good. A hundred percent. And that's the part that's not advertised enough. Nope. Right. I was reading. Um, uh, it was I think it was a, a transcript of an interview with uh, Tina Knowles. Mm -hmm. And she said someone had made some comment about her son-in-law. And you're like, well, your son-in-law, you know, isn't he like a wasn't he like a drug dealer? And she's like, my son-in-law is a businessman, mm -hmm. yep. a billion dollar businessman, mm -hmm. you know. Who gives back to his community Who gives regularly. back to his community, right? Mm -hmm. um, but people would still want to put that stink on him. Yep. You know? Yep. We're talking about Jay-Z, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all didn't know who Beyonce was married to, yeah. <laughs> if, if you've been living in some faraway cave and you didn't hear. Yeah. By the way, if you have avoided that, can you tell me how? Because I don't know how to avoid <laughs> pop culture crap. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, turn off your phone. Yeah, <laughs> tell me how you avoided that. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead and put that on on, on the blog. <laughs> so, um, like speaking about like being from the hood, um, I think I can say I've been on both sides of the coins because we don't live in the hood anymore. Right. Yeah, we'd have moved up like the Jeffersons. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean I don't know I don't I don't think I ever lived in the hood. Um, but you know, to some people it might've been, it was hoodish. It had hood like features. It had hood like features. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't completely hood. The difference that I noticed from living in like on both sides, mm -hmm. growing up in the hood, living in the suburbs, it really doesn't like, it's, it's not a lack of intelligence. Right. It's not a lack of moral failure or, um, like your parents are horrible. It really is a lack of resources. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's a hundred percent true. Lack of resources. A hundred percent true. There is, there's an individual, right? <clears throat> who was helping a, a, uh, retired master chief, Navy SEAL. This retired white master chief, Navy SEAL went to this other individual and was like, Hey, I want to recruit more minorities to the Navy SEALs. So our numbers are really low. And I think if you came out with me, we could do this. And the guy said, uh, I don't know. He said, they just, he said, you know, the places we're probably going, these kids don't have access to swimming pools. They don't mm -hmm. have access to the stuff to be able to train to get there, mm -hmm. you know? And he's a hundred percent right. You know, these kids, look at our daughters. They just graduated from a high school they took that, swimming. They like took swimming. Years. We didn't have to pay for it. Everywhere else we've been, yep. you've got to pay for swimming lessons. They had a full Olympic-sized pool in their high school, mm -hmm. and it was a six-week, like every six weeks they did something different, right? Yeah. So weightlifting. And when they came home and said, oh, we're doing swimming the next six weeks. Wait, what? Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, they're teaching us how to stroke and everything. Wait, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Most hoods don't even have a community pool. Right, right. It's... Also, social schemas like the the confirmation mm. that you suck <laughs> when you when the only representation you see on TV are uh, the VH1 
right uh yeah people the ratchet yeah the yeah. ratchet tv yeah the ratchet tv yeah. um and that's, and that's what... glorified right and then you have terms like hood rich ghetto fabulous right and it's just like oh this is what we're supposed to be because there is confirmation right that this is who i am right and then you tell yourself mm-hmm. that that's glamorous yep and to that, do so, to do anything else, you're you're a sellout. Exactly. Nobody wants to be a sellout. Nobody wants to lose their black card. Right. You're probably wondering how do you get around this? How do you stop the self fulfilling prophecies from shaping your life? Yes, um, I want to know how. So I want to circle back to your story. Oh no! Right now. Oh boy. <laughs> what was it? Like the first time you were able to speak confidently in front of people, mm-hmm. what was different? Confidently. So I will tell you that in that experience back when I was, I think I was in, I'm going to say fifth or sixth grade. Might have been sixth grade. Um, I wrote this uh, prose called True Friends Are Forever. Mm. And it is how Jesus is my friend. Mm-hmm. Um and I memorized it, it was a whole page long. And the superintendent of our school called me up at the end of, you know, at the school, the end of the year ceremony. And I said it standing next to her in front of the church congregation. Mm. And she stayed there with me. And that was the first time I was able to do it completely. Um, and then after that, I started tape, taking, you know, leadership roles in the church um, and, doing like different like things with the youth going Mm -hmm. to different churches and speaking and it just became more natural for me Mm -hmm. um and then and then i decided i wanted to be do this acting thing right Mm -hmm. 17 years later and i started with stage Mm -hmm. and i realized that when i'm pretending to be someone else there is no fear because it's not me oh so There's something that Lawrence Olivier said um, before, every time before he would go out on stage, he would look in the mirror and he'd say, I'm looking at Lawrence Olivier, but when I walk out that door, I'm the character. So mentally, I've gotten myself to that point. Um, And that's what I do with the acting. But in the Air Force, I can't sit there and act, you know, when I'm briefing people, right? Yeah. So I just retired from the Air Force in October, but for 20 years, there were times when I had to brief general officers, I had to brief colonels, you know, and it just became easier. Mm-hmm. And I found that preparation is probably the best thing. When you know what you're talking about in a room full of people who don't, it gives you a little confidence. True. You know? Yeah, true. You sound like you fell into the first point I'm going to make, which is just becoming aware Mm. and looking at the themes, Mm. like looking at exactly what it was in those moments that made you afraid to speak publicly. That's why I asked you what was different, like what what changed. And you may not remember because you were a child, but something in your thinking you recognized something. Mm. So maybe it was just like you felt more confident standing next to someone. And then when that event went well, your your right. your thought process has changed. Right. Well, wait a minute. I spoke in front of a large group of people. Yeah. 
and nothing bad happened. Right. And it wasn't just like, it was like, you were talking like a congregation of almost 3,000 people. Yes. So it was, yeah. Yeah. Nothing bad happened. Yeah. Um, Got a standing ovation. What? So, it, yeah, nothing bad happened. And that that's some good reinforcement right there. It like, is. hey, it is. I want this when again. When you're a young kid, that's huge. Yeah. Another thing is that self-fulfilling prophecies typically stem from a desire to rewrite our history. Mm. And um, I think that is common um, with those who come from like uh, generations of like trauma and dysfunction mm. or just, um, you know, like black and brown people like making it or so-called making it. Right. Um, it's this like everyone's saying I'm going to break generational curses. Right. Yep. Um, and so a lot of times we can break that just by the desire just to rewrite history. Mm. Just our desire, simple desire to say right now, like I'm going to become the prototype of what everybody else after me will be. Right. Right. No, I love that. Yeah. yeah. I think a small part of me might. I would say I think for our generation, we really flipped a lot of things yeah. over. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because like we're right on the cusp of being Gen Xers, mm-hmm. even though like they call us millennials. Xennials. Oh, yeah. is that what we are? Xennials, yeah. Okay, because we're right That's the there. Term. Yeah. Um, but our parents, um, that generation was really big on maintaining like traditions, like the like Big Mama did it. Yep. We doing it. This, that, and the other. Yep. Like it's gonna keep going. Yep. Um, and then we came in. Technology, first of all, mm-hmm. our generation had access to the technology and we got to see like, hey, what the heck? Oh, yeah. this is out here. We had access to everything. We did. Um, and we wanted to make it better. Yeah. And then with that came independent thought. Who would have thought? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think we started the trend of saying, hey, we're going to make the best of what we have right now, like the, the resources we have now. Right. Um, and 100%. we we started changing the game. Yeah. And now generations after us are continuing to change the game. Yeah. Um, it's frustrating when your kid corrects you because you're outdated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But parents out there take it in stride because you can even learn from the youngest kid. Hundred percent, you can, and you should want to. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I, I love learning from our children, especially our youngest, who has a new science factor, some yep. random fact almost every day for us. And I love the things she's taught me. Yep. Um, something else to keep in mind when you're wanting to break free of self-fulfilling prophecies is your freedom to choose. Mm. So you have the power to stop rewriting and rehearsing and repeating old scripts Mm. like that's that's like i can't get any more black and white than that okay it's in your power yeah just stop just stop yeah (laughs) there's a bob newhart clip where he's talking and he's a psychologist and (laughs) the lady's giving him all all her issues Mm -hmm. and he's just like okay just stop she's like wait what no let me tell you about my childhood no just stop oh wow that's interesting (laughs) it's meant to be funny but yeah go check it out y'all it's bob newhart (laughs) so i mean that's 
pretty much what I have for y'all today on self-fulfilling prophecy. I hope you all were able to draw something from that um, in wanting to rewrite your story, changing the way you think. Yeah. um, And being mindful of what you say to other people. Right. Watch your mouth. Yeah. Just watch your mouth. It's it's easy. Also, it's important for people to understand that you can rewrite your story at any stage in your life. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's never too late. Definitely. Every week we end with an affirmation. This week's affirmation is never go back to the thing that once stole your peace. And that affirmation is from upandforwardpurpose.com. Never go back to the thing that stole your peace. All right, fam, that's it for this episode. And as always, remember that you are powerful, you are loved, and you are worthy. Peace, fam. Peace.